Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, World Headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pitmaster, your host, David Bosca. All right, folks, looks like we got us a Butcher Barbecue Podcast going on once again. I know it's been a hot minute. No, it's been a long time, but I think it's time we get back at these. This first one might be short and sweet. It might be long. I really don't know. But I get asked questions, and that's what I want to do with this right here. I want to just go over a, a question that I got asked this last week that really it, it made me stop and think, Do it, does everybody understand exactly what certain products are and how to utilize them? So that's what I wanted to do with this podcast. Let's start with the item that was in question on Facebook. Just like everybody else, I was scrolling through, looking at different posts from different sites, and one of them had started talking about he was injecting ribs, and he noticed there were some mushy spots in the middle of the ribs, and was just curious what everybody thought about it, and if they had had the same issue. I was reading a lot of the different comments, and I kept thinking, Everybody was hitting on some important stuff, but at the same time, they weren't asking the right questions. So I wanted to go over that a little bit here, and I just wanted to ask, or to, sorry, bring up what I think is the most important part of any question when there's an issue that goes wrong with a cook. First thing I asked him was, what type of meat were you using? I, I Was it enhanced or was it not enhanced? Those were the thoughts that I was thinking immediately. And I don't remember if he answered that particular question or not, but it very easily we got right on into, he was talking about the phosphate he used made it mushy. And a lot of the other folks were talking about, well, it does this and that, the steaming and Different things of that nature, and they had different brands they'd brought up. Most all phosphates are, are pretty close to the same. We have two brands, two types ourselves. One has a one is called barbecue phosphate, and the other is barbecue phosphate TR. The TR stands for a tenderizer, and that is added into the phosphate, and that has a purpose. Well, this gentleman had purchased the tenderizer phosphate. And that was the issue when it was all boiled down to it. He had used the phosphated, sorry, he had used the tenderizing phosphate and let it set. And then whenever he was finished, it made it mushy in spots. Well, that's exactly what it's designed to do. It is to make it break down muscle fibers. And it broke it down so far, it seemed mushy. That's what I wanted to go over with this was what exactly is phosphate and when can it be used? When can it not be used? Um, also, what makes it up and is it in injections already? For the most part, in all commercial injections, it's already added into it. I would have to really concentrate and think of a barbecue competition injection that phosphate's not in. About every branded product out there on the market right now, it's in. Some people use a phosphate from uh, the U.S. 
Others use it from Germany, and that's the ones that we use. That's probably about the best phosphate in the on the market right now. So that all said, let's look at exactly what is it. Phosphate is an odorless and tasteless product. Yep, contrary to popular opinion and to even what was told to me on Barbecue Pitmasters by one of the judges said he could taste the phosphate in this meat, period. End of story. No. He could probably tell it was enhanced with something, a flavor or anything like that, but not the phosphate itself. But that's not the time or place to be trying to contradict the judges. Do y'all agree? Yeah, we can't contradict the judges even in our competitions today. But phosphate, what it is, it is a water molecule vessel. For lack of better words, that's the best thing I can describe it. It will help adhere water molecules to the outer cell structure. Sorry. It will help adhere water molecules to the cell structure of our muscle fibers. And by doing so, you can add extra flavors, change flavors, or add in, like what we've done with one of them, a tenderizer. That's how you can retain moisture through the cook, after the cook, and even if you're just doing catering, if you, let's say, brisket, and you have a brisket sliced and setting out in a pan for a long time, that's how you can help retain moisture in that is by using the barbecue phosphate. But that's what phosphate is. It is nothing but a product that will help keep moisture in meat while it's cooked, being cooked, and after being cooked. Will this work in uh, fish and seafood? Yes, it can. It, some things has to be done a different way. I personally, when it comes to seafood, I'm more into brining the seafood. I think that does a better job. Now, can you add phosphate in with a cure? Yes. Phosphate and cure work together. It will adherently add a little bit more salty flavor to it. But yes, it can be added in with a cure to help assist with the moisture that the cure does. Because when you use injections, that works different than a cure. Most cures are done with brines. And with brining, you're uh, allowing the meat to go through an osmosis process to where injecting, you are forcibly adding an outside mixture to the muscle fibers of the meat. And a few other things we can go over is, I get asked also is, can I add more phosphate to the injections? Yes, you can, but be careful with that because it, it won't make you sick or anything. What'll happen will, um, gosh, for lack of better words, it'll almost give it a soapy type taste because we've got the proper amount needed in the injection with the ratio of water that we recommend. So if you add more liquid to it than what we recommend per each style of injection we have, you might need a little bit more phosphate. So keep that in consideration to where if we ask um, a quarter cup to 16 ounces of water for the injection, or if it's um, one of the beef or pork injections where we've got it set up in the formula 
to where it's three quarters cup of injections to 16 ounces. So you can add a little bit. And what I mean by a little bit, we're talking uh, a tablespoon type, teaspoon, not more than that. You can, I, I get people wanting to add a quarter cup. Well, that's probably more than what's in that whole injection already. Um, so you got to be really careful with that. I mean, it won't, like I said, it won't make you sick, but it'll sure could possibly alter the, the purpose of it. The next thing I get asked more than anything else is, what's the lifespan of it? Can I mix my injections up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and use them that weekend? What you have to know about phosphate is, is it goes um, almost neutral after about 24 hours. Some of it's 36 hours. So I always tell um, people to mix up their injection the morning of. How I've always done mine is if I've got extra liquid, I'll get it pre-mixed on Monday, but I won't add the powder itself till Monday, I'm sorry, till Friday morning. And then when I'm traveling to the contest, the injection can get shaken up and well uh, thickened. But if you mix it up on Thursday, you should be okay. But just remember that phosphates will go neutral after an average of 24 hours. So just that's one thing that we get asked quite a little bit also. And I guess one of the last questions I usually get asked about phosphate is, what kind of meat can I inject with it? Um, or the injections, something like that. Will it work on beef or pork or chicken? Um, the answer is yes, yes, and yes. I am not a fan, just simply because of the cooking method, I'm not a fan of injecting uh, steak. Because most time, most people aren't cooking a steak to death. They're not going to take it to 200 degrees, and it's going to dry out during the cook process. So... Can you inject ribs? Yes. Can you inject pork loin? Yes. What about pork shoulder? Yes. Same thing with beef. You can inject a chuck roast. You can obviously inject brisket. You can inject um, rump roast, uh, just the opposite end of a cow. And chicken, you can inject breast. You can inject thighs and drums. And I guess if you want to work really hard at it, I guess you can inject a neck of the chicken. But steaks is the one item that I wouldn't, and it's not due to the type of muscle. It would have to do everything with the cooking process itself. And I'd probably go along that way with a pork chop. I have been asked in the past, would I inject a prime rib? And that's kind of a dual answer. Um, injecting a prime rib, most people are going to cook their prime ribs to... 135, 140 degrees, uh, medium rare. So it shouldn't be dried, but you can alter the flavor by injecting a prime rib. Some beef is not going to be of best quality, so you can use the prime injection and do that. But I'm not doing it for moisture. I'm doing it for flavor. And that's the only reason I would inject a prime rib, not due to moisture, but only for flavor. I'd love to hear everyone's opinion on this and some of the fun, unique, or different things that you have cooked and injected. 
that's probably going to do it for this podcast. Um, just shooting from the hip here. I hope everyone enjoys this. We're going to get back into it. I'll do some more interviewing. Um, we want to talk with some of our brand ambassadors we got out there. I also want to talk um, maybe just like this, just me and you, um, what I want to call chewing the fat. So let's let's get on to um, other things for the day. That'll be the end of this, and I appreciate everyone listening to our podcast once again. Take care. Smash that subscribe button and be ready for Butcher's next podcast.